Good morning, Illini. I'm Matt Schrock, and I'm happy to welcome you back for a special episode of Healthy Illini. Today is part two of our conversation about grief and loss. If you didn't catch part one, I encourage you to pause this episode, go back and listen to that one, and then rejoin us here. But either way, I'm glad you're here, and let's jump back into the discussion. Once again, I'm joined today by our two special guests. Uh, I would like to welcome Dr. Lydia Khoury. She's a doctorate in clinical psychology. She's a clinical associate professor in the Department of Educational Psychology, Division of Counseling Psychology. And she's previously worked on campus at Housing and Counseling Center. Dr. Khoury, thank you for joining us again. I'm happy to be here again. And also Dr. Jennifer LaPriest. She has a doctorate in microbiology, and she's a clinical psychiatrist here at McKinley Health Center. Dr. LaPriest, thank you for being here again. Thank you. Okay, so in our, in our previous episode, we, we talked a lot about what grief is. We talked about the stages of grief, some signs to look for, uh, and what to expect if you talk to a, a healthcare professional. But I want to pick back up, uh, starting with personal grief. Um, and, and we talked about the, the, the stages and things like the grieving process, but you both mentioned that the grieving process is important when there's been a loss, whether that loss is uh, a death or we talked about with, with uh, the pandemic, the loss of opportunity, the loss of experiences like college experience or high school graduations, things like that, or just the loss of, of your regular social interactions. You know, you couldn't just go out with friends anymore. Uh, and if you were feeling that loss, if you were feeling that, that uh, struggle, why, was, why is going through the grieving process so important? We are built as humans to identify what we're experiencing emotionally. Um, and you know, there's a whole bunch of research behind what emotions do for us, but just on an intuitive level, um, if we stuff our feelings, um, they're gonna come back and bite us. And I do wanna say there are a lot of caveats around that because once, or, Individuals experience their emotional lives differently, and there are also cultural mores that shape how people communicate their emotional experiences. So you may have one person who, I mean, I'm thinking about my own culture and some of the traditional cultures related to my own culture. There are professional mourners who will wail and do all that grieving in a public way so that people can experience that vicariously and have this public acknowledgement of a very expressive kind of grief. There are other cultures where you don't speak of loss, but you orient yourself around a celebratory process, which implicitly acknowledges the loss. So there's a whole lot of different ways to do it. The importance, I think, is to acknowledge the experience, even, you know, you, you lost the opportunity to go on an internship. You lost your pet. I cried for an hour when my cat died. That may be minimal compared to what a lot of people feel, but I felt it very, very deeply. The point is being able to express it in communion with others or yourself even. Um, there's something about being able to do that that just lets you move through life and be open to other experience and not stuck with grief. And to add to that, I mean, really, Grieving is a loss of self. Like you have a given yourself, you have attached a part of yourself to this thing that is lost, whether it be yeah. a cat, a relative, you know, an experience. You have vested yourself into that. And by losing that, you've lost part of yourself. And that's where that pain comes from. And that's why it's important to acknowledge that and to experience it. That makes total sense. And I think when you think about grief and loss, it's interpersonal. It's not just you as this sort of singular bounded person having all these emotions. It's in the context of relationship. 
I've always said when I've talked to others about grief and I've had experience with grief in my own life is that grief is just a sign that it was important in a lot of ways because you don't grieve. You know, if I lose a paperclip in my office today, I'm not going to grieve it because it just, I got another one, so it's okay. Um, but if there's something, whatever it may be, it may not be important to anybody else, but if it's important to me and I feel that grief, it's because it's important. Um, and, and, it, and grieving affirms it. it. It really gives that voice to it that says, this is important, and, and to me it was important. Um, and we're going to touch on that in a minute when we talk about how to, uh, about other people and how we can see people in grief. But um, Dr. Kuri, you said something in, in our preparation that I thought was really interesting. You mentioned that if grief is, if, is, if grief is not acknowledged, it's like doubling your loss. Mm. Uh, would you want to share a little bit more, or share with that what you meant by that? Sure. I, I think there is the original pain um, of losing something that's important to you and that you've invested part of yourself into. The word that's coming to my mind is attachment. And it could be attachment to a person in your life. It could be an attachment to a version of yourself. It could be an attachment to a pet, an idea, a goal, etc. So you have that initial loss, which hurts. And then there can be a secondary loss if your need for acknowledgement is denied. You know, denied entry. No, you cannot breathe. And so, again, the way humans are built, I think, is that we develop a sense of reality in relation to other people who are meaningful and important to us. So, if I lost my cat, I'm just making this up. I did lose my cat, but I'm making this up. If I lose my beloved pet and my brother tells me, oh, that was just a stupid cat anyway. What, who cares? It was just a cat. That hurts. And so my own experience of sadness about losing my beloved pet, that is denied. And I'm like, well, then am I overreacting? Am I stupid for grieving? Is he right? Or am I right? And is he an idiot? You know, so then it just puts you in conflict <laughs> with yourself or with the other person. But the point is, your beloved pet has died, and there's a process to acknowledging it for yourself and engaging others who can affirm your experience. And that takes us right into the next stage. The next part of what I want to talk about is that we, we will almost all experience grief in some way. Uh, we will have grief in our lives at some point. We also will almost all be near somebody who is grieving. Or, or have a friend or a loved one or an acquaintance that we care about that's going through the grieving process. And sometimes it's just as hard to be that supportive person because you don't know what to do. Yeah. You don't know how to be supportive. Um, because often with this, with this level of loss, there's no, there's no answer. Uh, let's go back to the pandemic. You know, uh, the, the high school students, I have a daughter who's now a junior um, who lost out on some things her, her sophomore year. I, I have friends who have seniors who lost out on graduation. There's no good answer. Everybody knows why, but then you get the question of why did this happen? Why does this happen now? Why does this happen to me? You know, what do I do? How do I, uh, or a, a job opportunity that went away because of it, or a job that just simply disappeared because with, without the social interaction, it just, you couldn't have that type of job. We talk about entertainers, um, you know, restaurant businesses, things like that. Um, there are no good answers. So in that, it's very hard to be supportive because you don't know what to say. Um, are there any tips or is there any advice you can give on how to be, uh, how to help support someone who's going through this process? 
It's a loaded question, I know. It's a big question. But I just think it's something that's really important for, especially the students here at UIBC, where you're probably going to run across somebody that you want to support when you just don't know how. Well, I mean, the, the first and easiest answer is to ask them, talk to them. Say, like, I know you're going through a rough patch right now. How can I help you? And support can, can come in so many different forms. It can be, like, just talking to them, hearing their story. It can be, like, you know, making them dinners so they don't have to cook. It can be helping them with household chores. It can be any number of even little things. Um, but don't underestimate the importance of just being there and, and witnessing their pain. Uh, just bearing witness is huge. And it's also incredibly uncomfortable because you don't know what to do. You're feeling helpless. Nothing you can do or say is going to take away this pain or what happened to them. But just being there and sharing in the experience is so therapeutic. I would agree with everything you said. One of the things I heard, I can't remember where I read this. Maybe it was some op-ed or personal essay in a um, newspaper. But somebody was talking about their experience with grief. Um, and she was trying to help a friend. So her friend expressed her loss to the author. And the author immediately jumped into talking about her own loss. Now, when she lost someone and somebody did that to her, she realized, oh, maybe that wasn't so helpful in terms of, and it's a natural response to uh, empathically resonate with somebody else. If you have a loss, you're going to speak about your loss. What she said, what was so helpful, is what Jennifer is talking about, that idea of being with, being present, and witnessing, acknowledging the other person's experience. You don't have to fix it. You cannot fix it. There's nothing to fix. You cannot go back in time and undo the loss, right? But to be present with somebody can be very powerful for them. But again, in the way that they want. You want it to be helpful help, not unhelpful help, right? And the idea of asking, what can I do for you, sometimes even being more specific in terms of, can I bring you some food? Can I walk your dog? Can I do your dishes? Can I call your parents? Can I, et cetera, et cetera. So real specific help can go a long way. The other thing I think that is helpful when you don't know what to do, there are conventions for expressing sympathy. And maybe people don't like to do that anymore, but if I write a condolence note, I will use the word condolence and just, it may sound like a cliche to a lot of people, but there are words that you can use that can matter in expressing sympathy and condolence and support. Now, if you're a poet, go for it. If you're not a poet, it's okay to pick up a card or just say things that people sort of say that may feel like a cliche. It, what matters is the feeling behind it. And another thing not to, to, to be lost is this grieving process, I mean, again, it, it takes time. And most of the time, the rush of support is immediate. Yes. And after, like, say, a week or two, that falls apart, but that person is still left with those feelings, that, that rawness. And so it's important not to forget these people who are grieving. Uh, remember that they're still there, they're still hurting, they can still use your support. Um, and so just to be there for them for the longer term, not just the immediate uh, great. I think that's totally right on. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you know, it, it's different for everybody. The time is different for everybody. The situations are different for everybody. Um, I like what you said about the acknowledgement can be different um, from different cultures. Um, but that also goes just for people. Some people 
uh, they have a loss, they may want a lot of people to gather and support them. Some may only want a handful. Yep. Um, some may not really want anybody. They may want somebody to talk about it. Yeah, we want to talk about what it was that we lost. Some may just want to just sit quietly. Um, and it, it was so important, uh, Dr. Priest, what you said, ask. Um, just ask and, and be honest. And sometimes they'll say, I don't know, but the simple, the asking supports a lot. Now, the other thing with that, though, is sometimes it's hard to ask because sometimes somebody who is in that grieving process lashes out. Um, they can, they, and it's not because, it's not at the person, it's just out of their own control. Um, they're lashing out. Um, and so when you're supporting, um, how can you how can you take care of your own mental health? How can you take care of your own needs in this um, and not and not get lost in the wash of trying to help someone else in their own grief or have their their grief uh, come out and manifest in a way that is, that is anger or lashes out and goes at if you're trying to support and that comes at you, how how do you handle that or how do you how do you keep your yourself and your centered? So I think it's important to remember that if there is anger, like, you know, if the person lashes out, not to take it personally, it, it's not anything you did or said. Um, they're just hurting right now, and they don't know how to express that maybe appropriately. And so just accept it, forgive them, and still be there for them. Because uh, eventually they will calm down. They will feel bad about you know, yelling at you. They will probably apologize. Uh, so don't let that interfere with your ability to still be there as a support for that person. I I would agree. And I, I think it's hard to do that, actually, um, especially if you are a sensitive soul and you want to be helpful and the other person refuses or rejects your help. It can be hard. Um, but to strive toward your own centeredness takes some work, um, but it can go a long way. For sure. And this, this is another opportunity to reach out to someone, a health professional, um, you know, to, to talk to somebody uh, that can help you navigate that as well. Um, it's not just reaching out to a, a mental health professional or, or any professional, a health professional when you're hurting. It's also uh, when you're dealing with situations, you're trying to navigate through a situation, um, whatever that may be. Um, so again, come back to it's important to reach out uh, and, and talk to people, and that, that, that's it's it's so much more complicated than just a simple well, this person is grieving, this person is not, um, and, and there's so many uh, things that go into it, and it's important to talk to people about that. Uh, before we before we uh, end this discussion here, and again, this is not the end all for anything. Uh, this is not we've not touched every aspect of this by any stretch. Um, is is there is there any other aspect of, of supporting or going through grief, especially when you're talking about the, the events of the last year and a half that we've had, that that we should um, we should let the listener be aware of, or, or especially our student body here at University of Illinois. I guess I would say there's never a right or a wrong way to grieve. So however you're grieving, if that works for you, that's okay. Uh, don't feel like if your grief doesn't look like anybody else's grief that you're doing it wrong because we are a very judgmental society and we are very harsh on ourselves. Give yourself some grace. Give yourselves some rest. Take care of yourselves so that you can take care of others. What was your question again? <laughs> uh, the question is, is there any just last thought before we ah, close this um, on, okay. on grief and loss for students? I, 
as we were sitting here talking, I was imagining listeners, um, and I was imagining maybe college student listeners who start to recognize, oh, what I experienced um, in not being able, for example, to attend college in person my first year and have, not be able to meet friends in person, like that was a loss. Um, and so my hope is that in listening to us today, um, it starts to give some people some ideas or some language to think about grief maybe, to acknowledge their own experiences. Um, but I would say that's just the beginning. I mean, I, I wish we could reach through the microphone and be there for people who might be experiencing grief, um, but it's just the beginning, as I said, and then the next step is to engage um, in addressing whatever experiences you are struggling with, whether that's going to talk to a professional, psychiatrist, psychologist, mental health care person, engaging in some kind of practice or relationship building with other people, that takes time and that takes effort to engage and stay engaged. I think that's sort of the, the antidote to, in part, to that uh, cliff of depression that people can fall into sometimes. And taking that one step further, um, being able to remember that this may be a painful experience now, but down the road, this is part of what makes you you as a unique individual. And having had these experiences make you more well-rounded, more approachable, more empathetic, because you have these painful experiences. So you can understand where somebody else might be coming from when they're going through those things. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Curry, uh, if you could elaborate a little bit, because you talked about uh, that it is an action. It's reaching out. It, it's, it's important to take that, that step. But one size doesn't fit all with that. And so what, uh, what, if I, what if I try something and it doesn't work for me? Is that, am, I, am I stuck? Let's hope not. So let's say you're struggling. Um, you've had a loss. You're dealing with grief. You feel like you're going down a rabbit hole maybe. And you decide, you know what? I, I want to do something that will make myself feel better. So you sign up for an aerobics class and you hate it. Don't do it, right? I happen to like the aerobic stuff, especially the yoga-based stuff. But if that's not your thing, there are other ways to engage. And when I talk about action, I'm not just talking about going out and running, although that has shown it's a great antidote to depression and anxiety. Action can also be sustained engagement with an activity such as talking to a therapist. That is sustained. It could be a sustained activity of, you know what, I need to play the piano and I'm gonna commit some time to doing that every day for my own well-being. So action is very broad, but the important thing is that you try to sustain it. For me also, I think action in relation with others. You know, I, I, I tend to really believe that our, our mental health is dependent on relational context. Even for those of us who are super introverted, Okay, we still need people. So that's a bias I have. It, it is so important to, to have the conversation. That's why it's important for us to start this conversation with this podcast, to give people a, a voice if they, need, if they want it, uh, to reach out to us. And, and it, there's just so much that's involved there. And uh, I, I hope as you're listening that 
Um, some of this has resonated, uh, whether it's something, oh yeah, I've experienced that and that makes more sense now, or that makes sense, I need to, I need to talk to somebody. Uh, and we invite you to be a part of that. But um, Dr. Curry, Dr. McCreese, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate having the opportunity to talk to you about this. Thanks for having us. Thanks, it was fun to be here. It's important to try and, and acknowledge grief, uh, where the, whether we're going through it personally, going through it right now, or it's something that we've gone through uh, at some point prior, or we're, we're somebody who's supporting someone else who's going through the grieving process. Talking about it, acknowledging it in, in some way makes a huge difference. So I'm, I'm grateful you've listened today, but I'd, I'd love the chance to continue the conversation with you or put you in contact with someone else to do, do just that. You can find resources and contact information in our podcast description and also our episode description. Thank you for joining us today. You're on a personal journey no matter where you are in it. You are important and you matter. Your health and wellness are important and matter. And we are here to keep you well to excel. So go have a great week. Let us know how you're doing. And we'll catch you next time on Healthy Illini.